You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron, and welcome back to my NFL Power Rankings, as we are just one day away from the NFL's 2023 kickoff. It's time now to take all 32 teams and rank them from worst to first. So make sure you comment down below. Give me your rankings if you have any thoughts. Give me your thoughts and opinions on my rankings. What am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? I would love to discuss with you all. But we're going to dive right into it, beginning with the bottom four teams. We'll work our way in groups of four. These first eight teams are my doubtfuls, the teams that I don't really expect a lot from. I don't expect them to be pushing for any sort of playoff contention. And with the first four teams at the bottom, we are looking at the Arizona Cardinals at 32, the Houston Texans at 31, the Indianapolis Colts at 30, and then the Los Angeles Rams at 29. So the Cardinals sitting at the very bottom. Main reason for this is because it seems like they're pretty much giving up on the season. I know that there's a lot of speculation as to what they're trying to do and if it's go for that one, number one pick and get Caleb Williams and maybe even potentially move Kyler Murray at the trade deadline. I don't know. There's a lot of talk going on right now, but it just does not feel like the Cardinals are in contention for just about anything besides the number one pick this season. I'm sorry, Arizona Cardinal fans. At number 31, we're looking at the Houston Texans who went and got themselves CJ Stroud and Will Anderson this offseason during the NFL draft. They also made some other additions. They have a new head coach in D'Amico Ryans. A lot of hope for the future, but I do think that we're going to see uh, some growing pains with a very young group of guys. We have a handful of year two guys, a lot of rookies coming in as well. There's a lot of turnover for this team here. Not to say that they can't surprise and end up being higher, but as of right now, this is just kind of where I feel comfortable with them. Right above them at number 30, those Colts. My Colts, the team that I like to root for, uh, I've got to say, while I'm excited about Anthony Richardson and the new head coaching change with Shane Steichen, I don't really know what to make of this team. I don't know how this defense is going to look because it kind of fell off a bit last year. Offense is just kind of a mystery as well with a lot of young guys that kind of need to step up at this point. There's questions surrounding whether Michael Pittman's going to even be with the team come season to end or not if the Colts are going to try to extend him because I'm assuming Pittman wants a big money deal, but I know some people have certain feelings about whether he deserves it or not. I don't really know what to make of Indy right now, but I feel comfortable with them sitting in the bottom 30. At number 29, the Rams, a team that probably houses the most rookies out of any NFL roster, going through what feels like a full rebuild minus Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. There's a bunch of who's who on this team right now, and I think we're going to see a full-blown kind of reset for the team. Definitely going to be a tough year, I would say, especially considering you, th you think of guys that they traded away this offseason like Jalen Ramsey. Yes, of course, you always have somewhat of a shot, and maybe the Rams end up being a little bit higher than I anticipate them being, but my initial thought with just how much youth is being infused into this roster, and we're going to see some really young guys starting for them this year, I have a hard time putting them any higher than at that 29 spot. Looking at the next four, we have at number 28, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At number 27, we have the Denver Broncos. At 26, the Carolina Panthers. And then at 25, I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns. Looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is probably going to be where the rebuild starts. I know that there is some positivity surrounding Baker Mayfield, and maybe he can get something done with some of the skill talent they have over there in Tampa Bay. But right now, this kind of feels like a team that, after the Tom Brady era, is in a bit of a reset here. Whether they want to actually say it or not, this is a team that I don't expect to do a ton this year. I'd be very surprised. However... It is an NFC South division that they're playing in and not necessarily the most competitive division at this very moment in time. They could maybe surprise, but 
I don't really know. We already you lost Russell Gage already this offseason, so there's a little bit of concern with that. Obviously, you still have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the edges there, but realistically, uh, you know, what is this team going to be? The defense is kind of taking a step back as well. You saw some pieces move on this offseason, and there's conversation surrounding whether Devin White deserves a monster contract or not. So I say more questions than answers. And that's pretty much the theme for a lot of these bottom teams and kind of how I feel about Tampa Bay. Just very much a team that's in a reset post-Tom Brady era. At number 27, we have the Denver Broncos, a team that I think looked a lot worse than pretty much everyone anticipated as they got a ton of primetime games last year and completely stunk it up throughout the entire season. You are now ushering in the Sean Payton era, and it sounds like he's trying to fix Russell Wilson and this offense that was right at the bottom with the Indianapolis Colts last season. I will say that the Denver Broncos have a great defense and arguably a championship caliber defense and one that they've had that has been that good for quite some time now. But the question remains, can this offense be fixed? Can we get the offense that we were expecting going into last season? Or is it going to be more of the same where Russell Wilson just can't seem to get it going? Maybe he's still sitting in the pocket more than moving with his legs. I don't really know. But the big question is, can Sean Payton fix this team? And until I see it, I don't really know if I can believe in it. At 26, you have the Carolina Panthers, a really good defense with an offense that is young and poised to maybe make some noise, maybe to have some growing pains. Who knows? You have number one overall pick Bryce Young coming in, though. Uh, the skill position at wide receiver, little bit of a kind of what are we going to get from them feel is what I have with them right now. But again, on the defensive side of the ball, a really strong group of guys altogether. You, of course, have Brian Burns, guys like Jeremy Chin. I mean, I really, really, really like what they have going on in Carolina. Another defense that's been really good the last few few years that just hasn't quite had the offense to back it up and with a rookie quarterback I expect some good things from Bryce Young this season but I don't quite know if he's going to just take the Carolina Panthers from a bottom feeder team initially right out of the gate with a new head coach for the team as well and just make their way to the playoffs yes they're playing in the NFC South again a weak division but I do think that they're a little bit behind the Falcons and the Saints in their division hence why I have them sitting in the bottom eight of the NFL and then rounding out that bottom eight, we have the Cleveland Browns. And I will say that while I'm excited to see what this defense does, they have a really good unit over there. Uh, I had somebody in the comment section try telling me that they think this is going to be a team akin to like the 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears. I think that's absolutely ludicrous, but I do think it's going to be a really good defense. But I am just personally not a believer in Deshaun Watson at this point. He did not look good last season. When you go about 700 days without playing football, I think that there is a potential that this was a massive miss. All legal issues aside, that's not what sways my opinion here. I just, I look at the facts and while Deshaun Watson was really, really good prior to missing all that time, you take two years off from football and I just don't quite know if he's going to be able to climb back and be that quarterback that he was. Maybe it gets better this year and maybe I am wrong, but just the way football works in the complicated game that it is to go two years without playing and to try to get yourself back in. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I'm sure some Browns fans might yell at me for this one here, but I just can't really buy into them offensively. You do have some great skill talent, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You have Amari Cooper, of course. Nick Chubb is your running back. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL, I would argue. But if your quarterback ain't right, 
I don't know if this team's going to be able to make it. It feels like a team that's going to have some really good defensive efforts where the offense just lets them down because I don't quite know if Deshaun Watson has it. I hope I'm wrong for the sake of the Browns, but that's just kind of where I stand. Next four we're looking at, at number 24, we have ourselves the Las Vegas Raiders. We're then looking at the Washington Commanders at number 23, the Chicago Bears at 22, and then the Atlanta Falcons at 21. So the Raiders at 24, I'm going to tell you right now, and I've said this ever since Josh McDaniels was hired in Las Vegas, I am not a believer of Josh McDaniels as a head coach in the NFL. I think he's one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, one of those guys that is a career offensive coordinator, great, but I just don't quite know if he translates over as a head coach here. It sounds like there might even be some some drama surrounding Devontae Adams. I saw some people saying, don't be surprised if you see him moved at the deadline. That would be wild to me. I don't think that's going to happen. But the fact that there's noise surrounding that, there's now this whole issue with Chandler Jones that's kind of creeping up as well. This is a defense that was not really exciting to me last year and an offense that just was not quite where it should have been despite how solid of a season we did get out of, you know, guys, I would I shouldn't even say solid. That's not the appropriate word. Great seasons we saw from both Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But you're also minus Darren Waller. There's a decent amount of change over here. Don't quite know if it's going to amount to anything, but this is my category of like hopefuls. And I think that sticking the Raiders at the bottom of the hopefuls makes sense to me. At number 23, we have the Washington Commanders, a team that has one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL when healthy. Keyword, when healthy here. I'm expecting to see a lot from them this year. Hopefully, if Chase Young comes back healthy, he can help bring this defensive front and defense as a whole back to the level of nearly knocking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the playoffs during their Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. But then on the offensive side of the ball, a team that has a ton of really good talent here. I would say like middle of the road offensive line combined with guys like Jahan Dotson. You of course have Terry McLaurin. Sam Howell's going to be your quarterback. So there's a lot of exciting things to look at with this unit here. But I don't know how I feel about Ron Rivera anymore. Sometimes he says things in the media that just don't really make sense and don't sound like things a head coach would normally be saying about his team. So not quite sure this team gets to the promised land with Ron Rivera as the head coach. Obviously, some changes going on in the last few days regarding some of the coaching staff that was not something that was possible prior with the previous ownership. So maybe we start to see things continue to move in the right direction. I will say I'm excited to see Sam Howell as QB1. He's somebody that I think could surprise some people. I do think there is some talent there. But overall, again, another team that's more of a hopeful than anything else, and I would put them at the bottom of my hopefuls. At 22, we have the Chicago Bears, a team that defensively could not stop a nosebleed last season and was very exciting on offense. They were actually the best team when it came to scoring on the opening drive last season. Nobody scored better on their opening drive than the Chicago Bears. But then after that, it was pretty much bottom of the NFL with everything else. If this team, with all of the additions that they've made on the defense, and there is a lot of them, I believe we're looking at seven new starters. That number might be wrong. I can't remember exactly, but it's either six or seven new starters on defense. If even half of those guys wind up being hits, you're looking at a defense that should be vastly improved from what it was last year. And it's a very clear directive going on in Chicago to build around Justin Fields and the skill set he has. I don't know if he's going to be pushing for 1,100 yards rushing on the ground again, but when you look at additions like DJ Moore, a commitment to tight end Cole Komet, and a commitment to improve the offensive line, this is a team that might surprise some people. I'm really excited to see how Chicago turns out, and I honestly hope they wind up being higher than where I have them ranked here. I do think that there is a very high upside for this team. It's just a matter of if they can get it there. Then at 21, 
we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons, another team that I look at here where I'm hoping they wind up higher than where I have them ranked, but Desmond Ritter getting the go as QB1 week one of the season. Really exciting to see what he can do with guys like Drake London, Kyle Pitts. You obviously have some massive additions on offense. It seems like a fantasy darling in Bijan Robinson. You, of course, have Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier. I mean, there's a lot of really good skill guys on this team. Offensive line, I would probably put somewhere in the top 10 as well, especially when it comes to running the football. Pass protection might be a different conversation, but when it comes to running the ball, this is a group that's about as nasty as anyone else in the NFL. It's more the defense that you're really looking at with this team, but I'm a firm believer in Desmond Ritter. That might come back to bite me in the ass later on, but I like Desmond Ritter. I think he has all the leadership qualities you need in the NFL as a quarterback. He's very mature. I'm excited to see what happens here. I hope I'm right with this one. I think that the Falcons might shock some people and they could be very competitive in the NFC South. Again, a very weak division. I think it belongs to either the Saints or Falcons this season, but a group that I'm really excited to watch, but it's really going to come down to what the defense can do. Then, Moving into the top half of the hopefuls, we have ourselves, excuse me, went the wrong way here, the New England Patriots at number 20, the New Orleans Saints at 19, the Green Bay Packers at 18, and then the Tennessee Titans at number 17. Now, looking at the Patriots here, they did make some really good additions on defense this offseason, especially in the draft here. A very big, clear commitment to defense. Not really surprising considering it's Bill Belichick's team. It's really going to come down to what this offense can do. Last season, they obviously had Matt Patricia as offensive coordinator. And living in the New England area, I got to really witness firsthand what an absolute disaster that whole thing was. I sincerely hope that it's better this year with a guy like Bill O'Brien leading the way. Uh, I, I've been a guy that's kind of rooted for Mac Jones and has been a very big supporter of Mac Jones. I don't necessarily know if he's going to take the step forward necessary, but with everything that was touted about him coming out of college, having the brain and the competitive attitude, I think with an offensive coordinator he can respect and someone who actually knows what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball and not having to work with Joe Judge either is probably going to be a big plus for him. Very curious to see what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster because he's like the big off-season addition for the offense here. And then there's, of course, a couple of young wide receivers in Kayshawn Booty. And then you have, um, his first name's escaping me, but his last name's Douglas, Demario Douglas. So you have some really interesting young wide receivers. Tight end room, you have Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki uh, dealing with some injury stuff this preseason. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be a go or not this week, but... I would say this is going to be a team that goes as far as basically the offense can carry it because the defense, or excuse me, as far as the defense can carry it because the defense I would say is probably going to be somewhere in the top 10 conversation. It's a Bill Belichick coach defense and they made some really good additions this past off season. It'll just be a matter of how far does the offense go this year to really push this team back into playoff contention. At number 19, we're looking at the New Orleans Saints, a team that kind of felt like maybe they were some really good quarterback play away from being a legit playoff contender last season. And I think adding Derek Carr does help sway things in their favor. And again, a weak NFC South division. I think that while it might not be a legitimate Super Bowl team, this is a team that I could see fighting through the wild card, maybe even getting themselves into the divisional round. Maybe it takes a year or two of Derek Carr in New Orleans to really hit your peak. 
Uh, but I'd be shocked to see them in the Super Bowl. But I do think with a really strong defense over there, Dennis Allen has done a great job since taking over as head coach. Very excited to see what this team turns into, especially with the skill talent you have over there. I mean, they're kind of littered with it. Offensive line is, I would say, somewhere in the middle or so. But when you look at the wide receiver talent, you, of course, have Michael Thomas coming back, finally healthy, it seems like. Of course, Alvin McCamara in the backfield. Chris Olave is probably one of the best young route runners in the NFL right now. I see why Saints fans are very excited. And believe me, I, I think that this is a team that's going to be very competitive this year, especially considering the division they're in. Uh, but I don't know if they're there quite yet. Hence why I have them pretty close to like middle of the league. At number 18, we're looking at the Green Bay Packers. And I'm kind of surprised that I have them here because I thought I was going to have them lower. But the more I look at this team, the more I start to believe in them. And I can't believe I'm saying this, the more I'm kind of believing in Jordan Love. I think that there's a lot of really good, young, inexperienced talent on this team. When you look beyond offensive line in the running back room, your wide receivers and tight ends are literally second year or first year guys. And that's pretty much it. There's not a ton of experience there as far as skill talent goes beyond like your running back room and of course the offensive line. But Jordan Love looked really good in preseason. And I know it's just preseason. You're not always playing the most competitive of the teams. You know, it's not always all the starters, whatever it may be. But he was doing a lot of things really well in certain key situations. When it comes to preseason, I try to look at more of the situational things going on as opposed to just the entire matchup because that's basically what preseason is. You can't just sit here and say someone threw for X amount of yards and X amount of touchdowns and call it a good game. No, it's how they're handling situations. And I think Jordan Love looked very comfortable in the pocket, far more comfortable that I think I've seen him so far in his career. So I'm really excited in the limited action we've seen so far in his career, I should say. But overall, I really liked what I saw. I think the upside is there, but it's just a very young group that I think we're going to experience some growing pains with. But come like season's end, don't be surprised if the Green Bay Packers team maybe catches on late and catches fire. Maybe they just missed the playoffs at like nine and eight or something like that. And it rolls into next season where things start to really click for them. But I'm kind of feeling somewhat good about Jordan Love in this offense. That's not something I thought I was going to say. Defensively, I'm not worried about them. Very strong unit. A lot of really good talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is going to be a defensive focused team that carries this young, young offense, but overall a middle of the road team that could surprise or maybe take a couple steps back. But this is not a bottom feeder team, I would say, in my opinion. At number 17, we have the Tennessee Titans, a team that was littered with injuries last season and is kind of aging at this point. And this is kind of where I'm concerned about the Tennessee Titans. I And I'm going to start this by saying Mike Vrabel, one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Like not even a conversation. He is somewhere within like top five, in my opinion. And I don't think he's five. But with that being said, this team's kind of getting older and older. And, you know, the idea has always been really strong offensive line. The offense drives through Derrick Henry where Ryan Tannehill's protecting the football. But I feel like the first two years of Ryan Tannehill was awesome in Tennessee. And it's kind of starting to like wear thin and I don't necessarily know if Ryan Tannehill is still the guy he was when he first got to Tennessee. I think he's a serviceable quarterback, but even it's clear based off the Tennessee Titans actions drafting someone like Will Levis, there's a possibility that we may see Will Levis playing at some point in this season. Defensively, still a good unit. They lost some key players last year really early, so it's good to be getting everyone back and healthy because I think we're going to get to really see what this Tennessee Titans defense was supposed to be like last season. But overall, I'm just kind of like mixed feelings with them right now. I think the Tennessee Titans ceiling goes about like not like eight or nine spots higher than where I have them, but their floor can also put them like eight or nine spots lower than where I have them. This is a very much like a 
Has the aging started to catch up? Has the over-reliance of pretty much the same formula year in and year out starting to catch up with this team? Because at some point, like Derrick Henry's going to have to slow down. And Ryan Tannehill has shown like little signs of regression. I don't think quite as big as some people like to act like it is, but I think we might be kind of hitting that turning point of the Titans where maybe they're not quite as dominant. And I do think they're behind the Jacksonville Jaguars and the AFC South. So hence why I have them at 17. Next group of teams we're looking at here from 16 to 13. At number 16, I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings. At 15, we have the New York Giants. At number 14, the Steelers. And then at number 13, the LA Chargers. So the Vikings at number 16. If you watched my offensive and defensive power rankings for the NFC North, you will know that I had the Vikings ranked as the best offense in the NFC North, but the worst defense in the NFC North. A team that is very much hot on one side and, in my opinion, kind of cold on the other side here, especially with like the rumors going around about like Danielle Hunter being traded and some of the losses that you had this offseason. I wasn't already a big fan of the Vikings defense, and I haven't really been for the last couple of years, and I've caught some flack for that. And you know what? The last two years, I feel like I've been justified in my feelings. I love the offense. I think it's going to get even more pass heavy. So if you're somebody that, especially with the loss of Dalvin Cook this offseason, if you are somebody that drafted Kirk Cousins in your fantasy league, I think you're going to be a very happy camper because this is a team that feels like it's just going to be throwing the rock all over the football field. And in today's passing type of game, I, I think I would be pretty excited having Kirk Cousins. I know some people who drafted him pretty late and he's not necessarily like the top of the list QB one, but he's a great guy to have on your bench. And if your guy's not performing, you'd be surprised. Maybe Kirk Cousins is putting up some numbers because he is a numbers quarterback. And a lot of people seem to think that way. But again, another team that I'm kind of like 50, 50 on, hence why I have them at number 16. I love the offense and all the talent you have. Jordan Addison, I think is probably going to be one of the most exciting pickups paired with Justin Jefferson this year, as far as the NFL draft goes. But the defense, I just... We need to see some more investment on the defensive side of the ball going into the next like season or two for me to really start to buy into this team. I think they can be competitive, but we saw some glaring issues last year, and I don't really know if it got addressed this offseason. I could be wrong on that one here, but this is another one of those things where it's like, I need to see it to believe it before I really start to buy into what the Vikings have defensively. Offensively, though, I'm all in on what they're doing there. New York Giants are at number 15. This is a team where we're kind of going on like a litmus test for them now because this is one of those things where it's like, were they really as good as they showed last season or was that just kind of like an aberration? We have, for at least this season, the Saquon Barkley issue somewhat situated and sorted out for New York. Daniel Jones from what it sounds like, the entire organization, all in on him. The wide receiver room is kind of a question mark for me. I think having Darren Waller, Darren Waller over there is a massive upgrade for the team, especially with the style of football that Daniel Jones likes to play and the way this offense is going to work. But when I look at the wide receiver room, nothing really gets me too, too excited over there. So until we see someone really emerge as like a legit wide receiver one, I do have some reservations as far as that goes. And on the defensive side of the ball, this is a unit that is kind of young and getting better as the years go on. I was a little disappointed to see them let Julian Love walk, but overall, I still really like the defense and what they have going on over there. So again, another team kind of in the middle of the road for me where I'm just curious to see if they can match what they did last year. Is Brian Dayball really the genius that he is? Has he really helped elevate Daniel Jones and help him take that next step in his career? Let's see. Can we do it two years in a row? We'll find out starting this week. At number 14, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know some people might see this and say, this is too low. Maybe they need to be higher. Or maybe some people think it's too high. 
I will say I was not as high on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense coming into this season as I am right now uh, prior to like the preseason or in comparison to where I was at prior to the preseason. I feel like what I saw from Kenny Pickett and the offense, George Pickens feels like he's taken another big step. It feels like Kenny Pickett has as well. You have a really exciting one-two punch at running back, and there was a clear directive to try to help buff up the offensive line this offseason. And I think this defense, some of the improvements they made, coupled with a healthy TJ Watt, is probably going to be close to a top-five unit all season long, as long as Watt is healthy. I think they did a great job you know, with the extensions that they did this offseason, like for Highsmith and... I don't really have much to dislike about the defense. It's like you're kind of nitpicking holes. I think they did a good job upgrading the inside linebacking room as well. I'm very excited for the Steelers team. And yeah, maybe you could argue they should be maybe a smidge higher, maybe a couple spots. I'm fine with them at 14 now, but I wouldn't be too surprised to be pushing them higher up the boards as the season wears on. I kind of feel like they might have really hit on Kenny Pickett and the small hands conversation was just kind of a stupid thing to talk about last year. At number 13... Those Los Angeles Chargers, a team that I think, if healthy, could be a serious threat in the NFL. But there were some things that I saw last season that I'm a little bit concerned about, mainly being your big ticket cornerback signing in JC Jackson. It did not look great in his first season with LA last year before going down with his injury. He needs to come back and look like JC Jackson from New England. He cannot look like JC Jackson, who was lost on the defensive system last season, those first five weeks that he got to play in. Offensively, I have no real concerns about this team. Offensive line is excellent. The skill, the skill talent that you have on there is absolutely ludicrous. From Austin Eckler to your wide receiver room, I mean, it's an exciting group to look at. Like on paper, this is one of the most fun teams to look at and just like shout names about. It's just a matter of can they put it all together? I don't know. The defense with a healthy, healthy Bosa paired alongside Khalil Mack. Hopefully we get to finally see that pairing in some real action this year because we did not really get to see it last year. And if JC Jackson can be the big ticket guy that he was signed on to be in LA, this is a team that is supposed to be a lot higher than this. But there are some things I'm, again, reservations between health and just the productivity we saw from the limited action we got out of some of the guys last year. If all those concerns can be ironed out. This is a top five team. Until then, I have them at 13. Next group of guys, going backwards again here. At number 12, the Detroit Lions. Everyone's offseason, darling. At number 11, we have the Miami Dolphins. At 10, I'm looking at the Seattle Seahawks. And then at number nine, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can't believe I'm saying that, but the Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine. So let's discuss this Detroit Lions team here. How on earth do I not have them in the top five like some of you probably think they should be? Or like some of you people that are just kind of sick and tired and are rolling your eyes at all the offseason hype regarding the Detroit Lions. Don't get me wrong. This is an exciting team, and I think they're really building on something here. I don't know if Jared Goff has the same season he did last year. I know that some people are just like swooned over the career resurgence of Jared Goff and him being able to get an opportunity elsewhere and going from the bridge quarterback to the quarterback in Detroit. Um, I just don't quite know if we see a repeat of last year. I honestly think you're more likely to see even a slight step back more than just like progressing even further. And I know like for you Lions fans, you're probably thinking, no, another year in the system another, with better guys and, you know, healthy and whatnot. It should be better. It can't get worse. History speaks for itself. Very rarely, unless you are an elite talent in the NFL 
And I don't know if Jared Goff is an elite talent at quarterback in the NFL. Do you see guys just continually to progress further and further and further? Jared Goff has been a guy who I would argue has been very up and down in his career. He's had some highs, he's had some lows, and now he's having another high again. The real question for me is can that high continue to trend up or do we dip back down to some lows? I love the talent that's on the Lions. I think they did a great job beefing up the defense this offseason as well. Jack Campbell is going to be an absolute force on the inside for that defense there. But it's just a matter of can we take all these pieces and additions, put it all together, improve on what we did last year, and is Jared Goff just going to keep riding this wave or is he going to come crashing back down? I don't know. I think that the Lions ceiling, looking at where I have them now, is as high as like seven, six somewhere along those lines if things really click, but I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe took a step back and they're sitting somewhere around like 13, 14, 15, maybe even 16 come season's end. I don't want to be negative Nancy about the Lions, but I, I think that there's a little too much hype going on in Detroit. At number 11, we're looking at the Miami Dolphins, a team that I think with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa could be a real threat in the NFL. But the real question is, can Tua just stay healthy? With the, all the concussions he dealt with last season, I think everyone's had the same concern. I just don't know if he's going to be able to last the full slate of games. If he does, fantastic. And I hope he does. But offensively, you have all the talent in the world as far as your wide receivers go between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. The defense, it sucks they lost Jalen Ramsey, but I think they'll be able to hold their own until he at least gets back. The faster he gets back and gets back up to true Jalen Ramsey speed will really determine just how far this team could go. But I mean, the Miami Dolphins prior to Tua getting hurt were a legit force last season. So if everyone stays healthy, this is a team to watch. I'll sit them at 11 for now with the expectation that maybe I end up pushing them up higher as a season and rolls on. At number 10, we're looking at the Seattle Seahawks, a team that I think is going to continue with that massive run they did last year and push even further. I don't think anyone expected to see Seattle play the way they did last year, but when you look at the defense, Darrell Taylor, Uchenna Nwosu on the edges for this group, you have Tariq Woolen, newly drafted Devin Witherspoon, a guy like Quandre Diggs, Bobby Wagner returns. The defense, I think, is going to take a step further. And offensively, kind of how I felt with Jared Goff in Detroit, I have the same kind of curiosity as far as how far Geno Smith is going to go with Seattle. Does he continue to ride the wave? Does he take a step back and come back down to earth? I don't know necessarily, but with the amount of talent, when you look at guys like Kenneth Walker, and of course your wide receiver room is Tyler, Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf, and on top of that, you go and add... Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, there is a lot to be excited about in Seattle. This is a team that I wouldn't be shocked if they wind up higher than where I have them at number 10. It's just a matter of can they continue to ride the wave of last season. But this is a team I'm really excited about watching this year. And then at number nine, to round out the guys right below my legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team trending in the right direction, I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence truly arrive this season. I have been all in on Lawrence since the beginning. The Urban Meyer experiment was awful to start his career. Last year almost felt like his true rookie season with a competent coaching group, and I am excited for this. With the addition of Calvin Ridley coming off of his suspension, Travis Etienne looked the part and proved every reason for why he should have been drafted. And I'm somebody who was kind of curious as to why the Jaguars even took him to begin with, but he shut me up last year. I'd be more than willing to admit that. With Travis Etienne 
Christian Kirk, who silenced all the doubters with the contract he signed, wound up going over for a thousand yards and all the talk about him not being a thousand yard receiver, even though he was literally like four yards short or something like that the year prior. Calvin Ridley, offensive line, solid group, I will say, probably won't go any higher than that, solid group altogether. It's more or less, what can this defense do? If this defense can reach the heights that it needs to reach, this is a team that could seriously push for a Super Bowl. Year three with Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson coaching this team for the second year. We saw a lot of positive from this team. They nearly took down the Chiefs last season in the playoffs. I know they wound up losing the game ultimately, but with another year under this head coach and Doug Peterson, don't be too surprised if we see a Jacksonville Jaguars team fighting for that top spot alongside the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and those same Kansas City Chiefs. Something tells me the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be hanging around for quite a while, and this is coming from somebody who roots for the Indianapolis Colts. Moving into the top eight, though, at the number eight spot, we are looking at the New York Jets at number seven, Dallas Cowboys, at number six, Baltimore Ravens, and then at number five, the Buffalo Bills. You look at what the Jets have done this offseason, obviously bringing in an excellent quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You somehow managed to pull in Dalvin Cook as well. You win the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. Brees Hall's working his way back from an injury and now no longer has any pressure to get back early because of this Dalvin Cook signing. You have a very fun and interesting wide receiver core over there as well. Offensive line, if healthy, should be a top unit in the NFL. Defensively, you could argue led by Quinn and uh, Williams, probably a top five defense, arguably the best defense in the NFL. I would be willing to have that conversation with anyone. This is an exciting team. We're going to see. Can Aaron Rodgers replicate what Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay? Or is it going to look like what happened with Russell Wilson in Denver last year? I don't know what the answer is going to be, but for me, I'm leaning more, and you can tell by where I have them ranked on the side of more similar to the success Tom Brady had than what we got out of Russell Wilson and the Broncos last year. At number seven, the Dallas Cowboys, I would argue one of the more talented rosters in the NFL. Uh, I know that the Trey Lance edition kind of raised some red flags as to how the Dallas Cowboys actually feel regarding Dak Prescott. I do think he's serviceable enough to help this team push for another potential divisional round spot in the NFL. Uh, but at this point, I don't know if that's their ceiling or not. You lose Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard's going to be the starting running back for the team now. And honestly, I'm somebody who's well okay with that. I've been pounding the table for Tony Pollard for quite some time. Defensively, you of course, I mean, Micah Parsons leads the way. Trayvon Diggs, despite the amount of catches and yards he does allow, he is a turnover machine and he's very aggressive. So you win some, you lose some with him. I think this is a really young and exciting defense that has really, it's, it's reaching a peak. If they can lean on their defense and play turnover-free offense. This is a team that could push beyond that divisional round, but I would be surprised if the Dallas Cowboys aren't at least within the playoffs at this point with how talented this roster has become. At number six, we have the Baltimore Ravens. If you know me, I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy, so very happy that he got his contract extension this offseason. Uh, I think the sky is the limit for this Ravens team now with the contract stuff behind you. I know that Lamar Jackson missed a lot of time with an injury. I don't know how serious the injury was. Part of me feels like, yes, he was hurting, but probably not as much as maybe the amount of time he missed led it up to be. I think maybe he could have been playing, but contract situations maybe helped him, you know, err on the side of caution more than anything else. I think with the additions that they've made this offseason at wide receiver, Odell Beckham, you also got Zay Flowers in the draft. 
really strong running game, badass offensive line, a defense that is year in and year out, very competitive, although a lot of changes going on on the defensive front, a lot of young guys taking over for veterans that they've had there in years past. Guys like Justin Houston and Calais Campbell gone being replaced by some of the younger guys they've been drafting the last few years that have been, you know, grinding out and earning their spots. This will be a team that either exceeds all expectations and is fighting for a shot at the Super Bowl, or maybe they're just a, a wild card divisional round team that just quite can't get over the hump. But I'm erring on the side of they're probably fighting for a Super Bowl this year. I would be shocked if the Ravens are anything less than like 11 wins this year. I really feel like this is a team that's going to push for the playoffs, and I'm very excited to watch. At number five, we have the Buffalo Bills. They're getting Von Miller back on defense, which is huge. Tredavious White is also even further removed from the injury that he was dealing with for the majority of last season, working his way back from. I think with those guys back on the defense, healthy, I know that we're not going to see Von Miller for a little bit because he's sitting on the pup, but once he gets back, this is a defense that is a very strong unit, a lot of really good guys, one of the best safety tandems in the NFL between Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, and obviously that tandem was split up last year due to injuries as well. A healthy Bills defense combined with an offense that does not just sit and rely on Josh Allen to do everything, is a legitimate contender in the NFL. Allen needs to take care of the football. He allowed a lot of turnover opportunity last season, both throwing the football or just dropping the football in general. But overall, I can't really count out the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen under center and how good that offense has been with him there. Uh, I expect a lot from Buffalo. I think they're right back in the playoffs and they're at the very worst divisional round knockout team. I don't think it's anything less than that, though. I would be shocked to see them even, you know, just get knocked out in the wild card round. I think they're probably pushing for a divisional spot at minimum. And then to round out the top four teams in the NFL, what you all have been waiting for at number four. I have the San Francisco 49ers at number three, the Cincinnati Bengals at number two. We have the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and at number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. So at number four, the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, what he did last year, is it going to happen again? That is my only question as far as how the 49ers go this year. That and do we get Nick Bosa back sooner rather than later, obviously dealing with the whole contract issue there. But beyond that, I really have like zero complaints or things that I want to poke holes into as far as the 49ers go. Can Brock Purdy reach the same heights as last year? Is Nick Bosa back week one? Do we maybe wait till week two or three to see him? Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But this is a team that from kicker to the most random guy on special teams you want, absolutely loaded to the brim. Probably one of the most talented, if not the talent, most talented roster in the NFL from top to bottom. At number three, the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. It sounds like he's going to be good to go. I know there was concern about whether he was going to be playing at all at the beginning of the season. I know there was conversation from Jamar Chase saying, you know, wait six weeks, whatever it may be with dealing with his calf issue. Seems like he's going to be ready to go for week one, though. And I think if you have Joe Burrow, you have a shot. Defensively, you have a really good group of guys that I think is just going to continue to thrive under their defensive coordinator over there in Cincinnati, who has done an excellent job. Lou and Arumo, just phenomenal work with what he's doing there, especially in the second half of games. The way he is able to adjust to what offenses are throwing at him and be able to shut things down in the second half has been a it's been a masterclass to watch. So very fun to see what Cincinnati's doing over there. They have all the skill talent in the world, a really good offensive line on paper as well. Offensively, I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they got Joe Mixon back this year as well. I really don't have too much to be concerned about as far as the Bengals go, other than if they just kind of fall on their face completely and just completely underachieve. 
At number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. And the main reason for this is because I'm kind of concerned about this Chris Jones situation here. He's definitely not going to be playing tomorrow. If he hasn't been practicing this week, no shot. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Chiefs and my only real concern. If he's not playing, that really hurts the defense. But if you have Patrick Mahomes under center, you have a shot. And I would be shocked if this team isn't pushing for another Super Bowl run here. But main reason why I have them at number two and not number one is because I'm very curious to see just how long this holdout with Chris Jones happens. If Chris Jones can get back on the team and sign to a new deal and he's happy and the Chiefs are happy, all is good. They're probably the number one team in the NFL. But until that gets solved, Chris Jones is a game wrecker and a game changer. It gives me a, a good feeling to at least drop them down a spot here and keep them at number two. I wanted them at one, but until that Chris Jones thing gets situated, I don't really know if I could put them there. And then at number one, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl runner-up, the second-place team of last year. From top to bottom, the roster is absolutely loaded. They were able to retain pretty much everyone they needed to this offseason. They got the extension for Jalen Hurts out of the way as well. And there's a lot to be excited about with the addition of DeAndre Swift as well to help you know add some more skill to the running back room that is not going to need to rely on Swift the way the Lions were probably trying to do with him. I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised with his production. He's a very talented running back who's just dealt with some injury stuff. And because the load is not going to be all on his shoulders, the way they deploy their backfield in Philadelphia and the way they can rely on Jalen Hurts to take some of the load in the running game as well, coupled with Dallas Goddard, probably the best offensive line in the NFL. You have probably the best defensive front in the NFL. The only other argument would be like either the Cowboys or maybe the 49ers. The secondary, you had an all-pro and a guy that made the Pro Bowl as well. I mean, there's just, from top to bottom, this roster is stacked. And it, it, I had them pretty much first all of last year, and I felt pretty justified in doing it. And I'm not really second-guessing them at number one right now either. I think that from top to bottom, with everyone ready to roll and to try to right the wrong of losing the Super Bowl last year, this Eagles team is one to watch. So keep an eye on them. But those are my power rankings for week one of the NFL. If you made it through this long video here, we're about 40 some odd minutes in. I greatly appreciate you. Make sure you comment down below agreements, disagreements, your power rankings for this season. All of that. I would love to hear your thoughts in that comment section, but that is it for me. I appreciate you all. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.